Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. Good evening. I hope you're all well and you've had a good week and been nice and busy. We've got people watching already. I do apologise if my dog starts barking. Um, she's in here with her puppies and um, she's a bit reactive to what's going on outside. So when the kids thunder around the house, she does get a bit grumpy with them. Um, but I'll uh, just mute <laughs> as and when I need to. So we're here tonight to um, say hello to Vicky. And Vicky is the owner and founder of The Bubbly Paw, which is a pet grooming salon based in Kent. So welcome, Vicky. Hi. How are you? Yes, fine, thank you. Very you've, well. Uh, you've had a busy day? <laughs> yes, yeah, just the three today. I've kind of toned it down a little bit. But uh, yeah, so just the three today. But three well-behaved ones. Sort of. Sort of. That's good. <laughs> I'm all, we've had a chat already, haven't we? I came over actually and um, popped in to say hello a few weeks ago, and um, we'll, we'll go over some of the lessons that you've learned in the last three weeks with your with your opening your pet groomers. But um, so just to introduce uh, Vicky, you are <coughs> brand new to the industry. You've been open for three weeks. Is that right? I'm in week four. Week four. Four now. And uh, there's been loads of loads of lessons learned, good and bad, I should hope. Yes, yes, definitely. So maybe we'll start off with, um, uh, well, actually, me and Vicky know each other, um, or probably may have known each other, I suppose is probably a good way of saying it. We may have known each other at school. Um, I've certainly um, did my A-levels at the same school that you were in. I think you were just a year ahead of us. And then you've actually um, got mutual friends and you went to the same web designer that we use for our for our uh, business. So there's some mutual connections there, wasn't there? And that's yeah. uh, where we kind of uh, got chatting and um, I was lucky enough to come over and visit the other day. It was really nice to see your, see your place. Very smart. Um, um, home salon you've got there thank you so maybe um we'll start off with you just telling us how you started out and how you got into the pet grooming industry what did you do before you you became a pet groomer um okay so um my career has predominantly been in retail um so i've worked for debenhams and victoria secret for altogether the last 16 years um and then really um uh, how long? Three years ago, I got together with my partner. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to have children, so we bought two dogs instead um, okay. <laughs> as our surrogate children, and um, which apparently is way harder than kids. So I don't know what on earth I was thinking, but anyway. Um, and yes, yeah, so we got we got two dogs, and um, it was kind of obvious that my career with working, I worked at late side it was very late nights weekends bank holidays you name it my partner works nine to five well let's say seven till three in the city nice. so <clears throat> you know there was like three nights a week where I basically didn't three days a week where I didn't see him so um we were also paying like 340 pounds a month for a dog walker because we were both out all day so 
It was, yeah. So it was kind of um, a conversation that started a long time ago around what could I possibly do to get out of my job because I was starting to just despise it. Just, I loved the job and I loved what I did, but retail is a very different place than when I started. Um, and I started to despise what I was doing and I was just counselling young people most of the time. That's all I was doing. So um so yes yeah, so it was a conversation around what I could do working from home so I dipped my toe into a couple of things whilst still working full-time Bill and I have had a conversation around how I attempted network marketing if anybody's, <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody's been there <laughs> then well done <laughs> um because yeah that's a that's a tough gig to try and do and yeah it failed miserably um so gave that up um, had a little look at dog walking, but that wouldn't work out with having two dogs of my own. The numbers just didn't stack up. Um, and then it kind of came down to dog grooming. And I've said to Bill, if I'm honest, I don't actually know where it even came from. I think it was a suggestion of my partner. The fact that I spent a lot of time washing and bathing my own too, that it kind of made a bit of sense, really. Yeah, and obviously we, we we talked a little bit just before coming online, and you're an employed, you're a manager, was that right? From yeah, uh, you're managing a store at Lakeside. So you, like you're saying, you're counselling staff members, I suppose. And uh, yeah. was there quite a lot of pressure, <laughs> figures, and targets, and COVID? Yeah, mass- <laughs> yeah, massively. I mean, yeah, don't let's not even talk about COVID, but. Um, Yeah, I mean, 100% retail's got so tough Um, in the last, well, when I joined Victoria's Secret eight years ago, it was in their heyday. They'd not long been in the the UK. Um, They thought they were going to be the next best thing. Um, Pay was exceptional. So, you know, I did really well out of it, but they saw the tough times hit them quite hard because Mm. the reality of the fact that, you know, the Brits are very different to the Americans um you know the market and everything else was very different and obviously we've seen the tough times in just the economy full stop anyway um so yeah constantly you know I was the store manager so you take all the weight on your shoulders and you know it was a 24-7 job not that being self-employed isn't um as I've already learned but um but yeah you know even on my days off you know my whatsapp group would be pinging constantly etc etc so yeah so it was it was a great career but it was time for a change yeah and um so I mean I've come from employment into self-employed world and I'm sure there's many people I speak to a lot of people who are in the public sector or they're they're corporate in the corporate sector and they make that jump to becoming self-employed what were the sort of considerations and concerns (laughs) that you had around um around doing that and did that stop you for a while did that put you off um no I wouldn't say it put me off um I think that the one big thing that worried me still didn't put me off but worried me was COVID because um I wanted to get going ASAP I really 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 wanted to leave my job and then COVID came along and put a stop to all of that and I suppose for me the only benefit of that was I got furloughed for a very very long time Mm -hmm. so not going to work was great it suited me down to the ground um 
but unfortunately I also wasn't able to go and do my qualification at the same time so it was like a catch-22 situation I've got all this time on my hands I want to go and get this qualification I could have done it really super quick but they were closed down just like everywhere else was so the frustration got to me massively um with regards to you know still doing it no there was never a doubt in my mind it was just a case of how quickly we could do it um and obviously the biggest thing that we had to do was buy a house with somewhere to do it in (laughs) um and that also got held up massively by covid so i just i felt like a brick wall was being put in front of me at every single turn um but you know we finally got there and to be honest with you it if when I reflect back now it, it came around super super quick and I don't know what I was worried about <laughs> <laughs> so you, you strike me as a kind of person that once you got your mind set on something that's it you kind of you're going for it is that right or you know I'm, I'm quite impulsive <laughs> <laughs> okay did you do any research around like what dog groomers earn or did you go and visit any dog groomers or speak to anyone or just like internet research anything like that um so I looked at Uh, like I looked at um in terms of our area like how many dog groomers roughly there were in the area although a lot of of them I've learned since it's hard to find them but the minute someone posts oh I need a dog groomer like 55 people get tagged in it so I'm like right okay there's a lot more blooming people out there than I thought um but that was hard and I looked at um I looked at some websites of local people and prices and things like that um but no, to be honest with you, the first the first real bit of research was actually your group. Right, okay. <laughs> By which point I'd pretty much already decided I was going to do it. Um, and then kind of I had the bones and your groups helped kind of put the meat on it, I suppose, because there's a lot of things that I've done um, as a result of conversations that I've seen on your group, of, of chats that I've had with you, of questions that I've asked other people. So... So, yeah, no, like I said, I'm, I'm quite spontaneous. And when I decide I want to do something, it's like if I want to get a haircut, I want it today. I don't want it next week. <laughs> Go around and do it. Yeah. And so, um, and this also meant that you you were moving house as well. You you decided to move house to find somewhere. Um, so you decided that you were going to groom from home. Yeah. Then your course or during the course or, or what? Um. So I knew I didn't want to start actually grooming from home until I'd kind of was at least in the back third of my course um, and pretty much towards the end. And as it turned out, by the time I actually opened, I only had two days left of my course to complete, which actually I think for me is perfect because I think in hindsight, if I had tried to do it any earlier, it would have been very much more challenging than what it already has been. So um, without giving it more away to later questions. Um, <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so that was the goal. The goal was to kind of start grooming um, before my course ended. Now, the the original plan was, you know, to maybe go part-time and, and do it a little bit, but that became quite apparent quite quickly that that was just not going to work. It's just not conjunctive to what I did. And there was no way that I could get a part-time job doing what I was doing And then it kind of didn't really make any sense. I'd be doing a part-time job, probably on minimum wage and probably turning down customers in order to do a minimum wage job. So it it made no sense. So in the end, me and my partner were sat out on the deck in having a conversation, 
and in a not quite so polite way he basically said oh but let's do it <laughs> <laughs> just do it <laughs> just quit yeah just quit. wow just quit so what does that feel like um oh mixed emotions i think really when i um because i hadn't kept anything a secret from my employer so my boss knew what my plan was she knew what i was doing i had a regular day off every week to go and do my grooming course we talk about it every time she came to visit <clears throat> excuse me so nothing was a shock to them i didn't want it to be that way i'm a very loyal person although i don't know why but um I'm a very loyal person. So I was really upfront with them. So when I did come to hand my notice in, it didn't really feel like any great revelation. It was like, right, okay, the time's come, here you go. Um, it was a bit sooner than they were expecting, I think. So that was a bit of a shock, but, you know, I had to bite the bullet at some point and just go for it. My biggest concern was, was that my hydro bath was still on back order. <laughs> and I'd and I'd like, okay, now I've quit my job. I've got an opening date and I don't have a bath. <laughs> got a hose in the garden <laughs> yeah and the first dogs I had was a labradoodle and a springer doodle and I was like oh good lord <laughs> how am I gonna bath these guys but it all turned out okay in the end yeah a bit of winging a prayer but it always it always <laughs> works out doesn't it and lots of phone calls followed up by lots of emails and poor Michelle at Red Cape knows me by name <laughs> <laughs> probably recognizes number and decides not to answer <laughs> yeah weekly phone call hi Michelle how are we doing <laughs> How's that bath coming along? <laughs> yeah. Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? <laughs> so um, you are um, level three OCN qualified. Is that right? Uh, I will be. I'm actually going in for my last half a day tomorrow just to complete some book work because I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So everything got done in pencil. So I've got to go back over everything with a pen. Lesson <laughs> number one, don't bother doing that again. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> And how did you find the OCN course and what sort of um, made you decide to do OCN over the others? Yeah, so like we've already established, I didn't do a huge amount of research. So I knew that a level three city and guilds was the sort of qualification that I wanted to go for. Um, I think I it was a long time ago now. So I think I kind of looked into what was the best one, because I know you don't have to be qualified in order to do this, but I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to do the best that I could do. Um, and I think I remember speaking to my uh, lady that runs my course and and she was saying that you can't do the City and Guilds Level 3 unless you've done the two, am I right? Yeah, I believe that's right. And then she then said to me, however, you can do the OCN, which is Level 3 equivalent, blah, 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 blah and explained all the differences that the city and guilds is a bit more sort of exam based um situation which does not appeal to me at all so the ocn it was basically like work experience it was hands-on um every single time and yeah it was just um yeah really good hands-on experience yeah cool so you qualify tomorrow and it's difficult being the post hopefully yeah, I think uh, apparently it'll probably be around about the October mark by the time I actually get my certificate. But yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> is, there, is there a nice um, private place in the salon for it? You've made there, a... there is a picture frame ready. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So um, I've 
popped over and said hello and I've seen your setup and it's really, really smart and you put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, perhaps you can just explain or, or try and describe to people what, it, what it's like. It's um, at the bottom of your garden, isn't it? But uh, perhaps you can just explain what you got. Yeah, so um, we've got about a 70-metre garden and at the back end, the previous person that owned the house built, um, it looks like, well, how would you describe it, like a barn, like a miniature barn? Yeah, or yeah, I suppose so. Like a, um, a log cabin kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty big. Um, and on one side, it's got a workshop, and then on the other side um, is my salon. They had it as a gym before. Um, we've done a few alterations, but nothing major. Um, so as you walk in, um, it's quite a it's quite a nice space. It's not too big, but it's not too small and everything's sort of within reaching distance, which is what I like. Um, I've got three sort of little, um, we call them pens. I don't know where the pens came from, but we've got like three little pens. Um, they're not completely enclosed. However, we will be enclosing one of them because I've now discovered that most dogs can actually just jump out. Um, especially, especially those little Springer doodles. Um, yeah so and we've just got three baby gates on the front of them they've each got a little bed in them and a little water bowl and then I've got my table and some just some shelving units with all my gear on I suppose Mm. and I will eventually have a desk um it's not quite in yet and then there's a little room at the back where I've got my hydro bath and will eventually have a washing machine and tumble dryer and a little worktop for my shampoos and bits and pieces in there as well yeah, you definitely um, washing machines and stuff are quite important, aren't they? You take all your, your towels home and wash them. Yeah, to be honest, um, the um, we've in the workshop, the tumble dryer's in there. We haven't actually bought a washing machine yet. I'm using my brand new Bosch one, which I'm not particularly happy about. But um, <laughs> I will be buying one just specifically for down there at some point. Um, but um, unfortunately, because of the weather, the garden's kind of taken over the priority at the moment. So the salon's gone back on the back foot now. <laughs> so um, I, I see a lot of questions coming to my group about people that are looking to set up and start their own business from home. Um, so maybe are you able to talk about the plumbing and the electrics? What kind of stuff did you have to do for that? Or were they already put in? Yeah, so fortunately, it all already had electrics and my partner's an electrician. So that's... <laughs> amazingly helpful um so anything that needed tweaking he did all that um with regards to the plumbing we had nothing down there at all um and obviously with a massive garden um it was a bit of a challenge however again partners in the trade so we spoke to a few people um and we eventually run so we ran water all the way down the side of the garden it goes from one side of our house underneath the deck into the other side all the way down the garden into the workshop up over the top comes down the other side and is in a um a sump pump a sump sump pump (laughs) (laughs) had half a glass of white wine i can't say that anymore um yeah so and then and then the pump obviously pumps it all the way back to the same in the same direction but it was quite challenging because we had to have the right sort of angle on it so that it, there was a downward flow all the way back to the drain so it was it was quite a a big challenge to do um 
but I've been assured the pump is suitable for a full size swimming pool. So I'm, I'm, yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> The uh, the stopcock thing got stuck on it the other day, so it did flood. That was really great um, yeah. because the pump is so powerful. It's actually moving inside the actual little tank that it sits in. So at the moment, I'm having to keep my eye on it until we come up with a solve to stop that happening. But, um, but yeah, so far, so good. It's all working and it all goes back up to the main drain um, and it's all been done properly and it's all insulated and it runs alongside our hedge. Yeah. Cool. So it's all possible, isn't it? I think that's the main thing is, you know, look at what you've got and it's always, there's always a solution to, um, to these problems. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it wasn't a cheap solution. Um, however, versus digging a, you know, a four foot trench through the garden, which didn't really appeal to me. Um, it was kind of the next best option from that. Um, but yeah, the, the pump was pretty pricey um, and all of the lagging for the pipe work has actually been expensive as well. So yeah, it's not been a cheap exercise, but it, it's but it's been done properly. So fingers yeah. crossed it, it lasts a long time. And it will stand up in the winter as well, hopefully. <laughs> we'll soon find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Considerations for the winter. Yeah. So um you're operating from home and I know that you've uh, looked into the planning considerations around that. Can you just give us a little idea? Obviously every planning, um, every council is different. And even though you live in Kent, you're part of Medway, Medway council. So your council is completely different to what I would have to do. What have yeah. you, how have you found that experience? <sighs> Confusing. Um, to start with, it was a minefield. Um, I don't even know how to cut this short. So originally I spoke to a lady and she said, oh, all you're going to need is a, a certificate of lawful use, I think. But she wasn't really sure. So I thought, OK, well, I'll apply for one of them anyway. Left it, left it. Read the read the sort of terms on the, the guidance around the planning on the planning portal. There's like five or six points that it says, like considerations, whether you need planning but they're not, they're not black and white. It, you know, it's down to interpretation. Um, so I was like, well, my interpretation is, is no, I'm going to control the noise and I'm going to control the parking and I'm going to do all these things, but to an outsider, their interpretation could be very different. Mm -hmm. So the simple fact was, was I had to go down and, and ask. So I paid a ridiculous amount of money for a lady to come out for 10 minutes <laughs> to look at the property, to give me some pre-planning advice. Right. Um, to be fair, when she was here, she was really, really positive about the size of the garden, the boundary lines, the distance that I was away from neighbor's property albeit gardens i don't have any houses that back onto me we back onto wasteland um that apparently has been rejected for planning permission numerous times so there's not going to be anything going there um and yeah she was really really positive about it and actually came back and sort of said oh i think you'll only need the certificate of lawful use so i was like yes bonus because i think that's only like a hundred and something pound yeah um yeah, got the report through. Oh, no, you need full planning permission for change of use. Wonderful. <laughs> so, um, so I was a bit confused, I have to say. Um, but, um, yeah, so we haven't yet done it. Um, it's, in, it's a work in progress. 
Um, I sent them some drawings and he there was a bit of toing and froing for a while because he came back and said that the drawings weren't good enough and I didn't have some of the stuff. I contacted an external company. They wanted to do the whole submission again and charge me the, the other 400 and ridiculous amount of money that it was. They then quoted for a rear extension with building regulations. I'm like, what is this? I think you got so someone else's quote then, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, good Lord. It was a bit of a pickle for a few days. But um, anyway, eventually I spoke to, I managed to speak to the the, um, the guy on my planning permission emails and explained the situation. And he was like, right, okay, I get it. You don't need your elevations. I said, because I'm not changing anything. The building's already there. Yeah. Um, so he basically said that my drawings were fine <laughs> and they just needed to be to scale. He said, go and buy yourself some graph paper and a scale ruler. <laughs> and, <laughs> and go do back to your drawings. studies. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then send me the drawings. And that's the stage that we're at so far. So I know I'm taking a bit of a risk, um, but I'd already handed in my notice and had no choice <laughs> yeah. in my view. <laughs> how, how did you how do you do you speak to your neighbors do you get on with them how have you addressed it with them do you take send them box to yeah so <laughs> well so um when we um when we first moved in um actually on the first weekend that we moved in my sister-in-law came over bill i was telling you about this the other day um my two dogs are a little bit boisterous and they like to chase and my sister-in-law bought her dog and he decided to run so as he ran they chased and he actually went over the next door neighbor's fence which my side of the fence is only what four four foot do you reckon yeah. about four foot but the other side I live on the steepest hill ever so the other side of this fence is about an eight foot drop and yeah so this collie went straight over the fence into my next door neighbor's putting green um so that was uh welcome to us we're the dog people um no but my my neighbors are actually really great um i've got one side who are totally on board with it she's taken my leaflets she works for an estate agent she's advertised it on their internal intranet site etc i've already had one of her customers come to me um and then my neighbours on the other side are a retired couple who have got a, a um, German Shepherd. Um, so, so yeah, so both of which know exactly what I'm doing. I check in with them regularly. I had a very noisy dog the other day and immediately went and checked with my neighbour and just said, OK, on a scale of one to ten, how bad was that dog? And he went, what dog? I was like, OK, great. <laughs> Fabulous. That's good, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, um, the council can't have their eyes and ears everywhere. So if it's, there's going to be some issues, it's probably going to come from some someone just pointing out that you're what you're doing and where you're doing it. So always yeah. just people on side as much as we possibly can, isn't it? Well, the first place I leafleted was my own road. So everybody in my road knows that there is a dog groomer here. So fingers crossed um i won't have too many issues and in actual fact most of my customers so far have been within walking distance and have all commented about how nice it is to have a local dog groomer um so at the moment i've only kind of had positive feedback about where i am so yeah, yeah. That's, good. that's good so let's talk about um getting your name out there so how did you decide your name the bubbly paw is there a story behind that um a very bored lockdown day 
um, coming up with the name and a logo. And um, we kind of wanted to go, as my partner's idea, we kind of wanted to go after a name that sounded a bit like a gastro pub name. Um, so, so yeah, I can't remember how many brainstorms we did, but literally it took us all day. I think we sat down at like 10 in the morning and by five o'clock in the evening, we had the name, mm-hmm. um, and the logo, I don't even know where I got the logo from. I think just because of the name, it kind of created itself. And then, then I gave Sean a bit of a, uh, a rough, like, this is kind of my idea, but I didn't have the, the t- technology on my computer to do what I wanted to do so sort of through my idea at Sean he came back with something I was like yeah not quite right and then the second time he sent it through I was like bingo that is the one that's it and he actually did mine well he did Emma's um, years and years and years ago he actually designed uh, the A to Z animal care logo and I kind of pinched a little bit and just uh, changed the wording so sometimes it's who you know isn't it (laughs) well yeah I mean I used to walk home from school with Sean so um, yeah yeah I've known I've known them both for a very long time so you're called the bubbly poor and you've got a really nice um, logo really nice website so that's obviously part of your um your advertising and getting your your name out there so what other methods have you used when you're opening up to to advertise and get yourself out there yeah so initially like I said I've got leaflets I had so many printed um didn't get around to distributing hardly any of them um you have done uh God, I can't remember. I want to say it was about two and a half thousand. <laughs> I, think, I think I was just like, just super excited at the time. And it was just like, yeah, just order them. Yeah, you don't need that many. Um, however, it wasn't amazingly expensive. The, uh, the only, um, I think the only mistake that I made was I think in my little head somewhere, I had that I'd have them all delivered before I opened. So I had... So on the leaflet, it says opening on the 1st of August. So now it's a bit like, hmm, is there any point now delivering them? Because the 1st of August has clearly been and gone. But I'm like, yeah. oh, well, at least they know I'm open. Yeah. So two and um, a half thousand leaflets <laughs> to scatter around the neighbourhood. Yep, that's the one. And, uh, let, let, let me just talk about the leaflets. Did you just go and literally post them through everyone's letterbox or did you uh, wait for a dog to bark or something like that so you knew that there was a target, your target customer? No, I thought I've got enough of these leaflets. I can afford to do everybody. <laughs> the whole of Medway's getting one. <laughs> no, I used it as a good um, excuse to take one dog at a time for a walk. Um, and I walked, um, I did my big main road here with the dogs. And then on another day, I went up to um, another road and I did it on the school run, mm-hmm. um, which was actually really beneficial because the amount of people I bumped into walking their dogs on the school run was fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, I probably... I probably hit about 15 houses that at least had dogs in them because I could hear them barking and eating my leaflet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The other risk you take. (laughs) Um, But, um, but yeah, to be honest with you, the leafleting, uh, I probably got about four or five of my customers from my leaflets 
who were definitely in my road. Like I've got a lady literally yeah. seven doors up um, with a schnauzer. So she started to come to me. Um, but the other, the best one that I actually got was on a Facebook um, community site. So I posted on the Walderslade and Lordswood community site. Um, I actually did it once and I got nothing. And then mm-hmm. the next week I thought, oh, I'll give it another shot. And literally my phone went mad. Um, I had about 65 inquiries in the space of about four hours. I was at work. Um, It was really, really quiet. So I was like, right, girls, I'll man the tills. And I literally stood behind the tills at work with my phone and my diary, booking all these people in. (laughs) It was a bit (laughs) surreal, to be honest with you. It was like, you know... I don't know, like, if anybody else on the chat has ever done this. I think it's probably a girly thing. But when you were little, you used to sit and play, like, doctors or something, and somebody would always be the receptionist with the diary and would be pretending to take phone calls and write little appointments down. I felt like that. I felt like it, this isn't real. This is just, like, a play moment in my head. It was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were still doing your other job, weren't you, at the time? So I suppose yeah. it was, like the reality is not not really struck yet now everyone's just like groans when that phone rings <laughs> yeah yeah I know I do I I just get nervous now I'm like oh god what's it gonna be <laughs> <laughs> so um Rachel's just asked is there a better way to dis- dispatch leaflets I was thinking of doing a post box walk and my um so my theory on leaflets is obviously you want to be putting them through doors where people have dogs or cats or whoever your target customer is so i mean it's good that it's worked isn't it but what i'd perhaps do with the rest of them now is put them into leaflet holders and take them to your pet shop and take them to your vets and uh places where you know that um people with pets are going to be yeah to be honest i dropped um I did drop a big wedge into the vets the other day um they said that they don't have them on display but they will give them out to customers if they need to um or when they when they feel like maybe a customer needs a point in the right direction um so yeah so that was good and my old dog walker she took some as well to leave at um her her clients because obviously they're all relatively local um so yeah there's there's other bigger ways i suppose of getting them out there it just it just depends really on who takes them um and who doesn't take them yeah i mean amanda he's just paid paid the 15 year old daughter and her friend 20 quid to to put them out there that's another good way of doing it isn't it really get them a bit of exercise and get your leaflets out there and how did you oh there was actually a guy who posted on that Facebook post that I did um, saying to me that he was like a professional leaflet deliverer. Yeah, um, did, did, I, did I want to use his services? And at that point, I was like, no, you're right. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, there are people out there that will do it for you. I suppose the biggest risk is that, you know, you pay them and they chuck them in the nearest bin. <laughs> yes. I, used to, I used to do uh, paper rounds and stuff like that and leaflets were a pain in the bum. But I think all I'd say with leaflets is if you're going to spend money on them, you know, try and target people with dogs. So put them in places where where dogs are going to be. And how did you feel about approaching people with dogs and handing them one of your leaflets? You know, there's no criticism on your haircut, but take one of my leaflets. Me and Emma Emma used to walk around Tenstam and when Emma first started, it was like, Oh, go and give that person a, a card. It's like, no, you go and do it. No, you go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> we never actually did it. Um, 
Oh, do you know what? For me, it's not hard because I can just talk to anybody. I don't really feel fear in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to just walk up to a stranger and start a random conversation. Um, and if they've got a dog, the first thing I do is just talk about my own. Yeah. Um, you know, and I ended up having a full blown conversation with one guy on the street about a dog walker. We shared like the details of the dog walker, and he was new to the place. And you know, we yeah, I I. I think for me that was fine and then there was like mums on the school run and I was like oh hi you know see you've got a dog there I'm a dog groomer here you go have a leaflet <laughs> moan me up the road um you know I, I don't mind I can be a little bit cheeky there are some people I think there was like one guy I think actually um I was I was just about to drive off I'd parked up and I was just about to drive off and this couple came across the road and um I literally just sort of stuck my arm out the window and went hey I'm a dog groomer do you want to take a leaflet and he just looked at me like I was dirt and just went no I was like okay I'll have my leaflet back then yeah excellent and what you've used Facebook um I think you have to be careful in some Facebook groups because they won't allow you to advertise and if Facebook certain words Facebook will pick up on and they'll they'll delete your post or uh, put you in Facebook prison, uh, Facebook jail. I actually had an argument with someone about this. I said there is such a thing as Facebook jail and uh, he accused me of being, it was just my opinion and Facebook jail doesn't exist, but you can get put in Facebook jail. It is a thing. Oh, well, I, I haven't experienced that yet. Is it yeah. like a Monopoly game? Do you have to pay 50 quid to get out? No, they just ban you for a few months and then release you again. Oh. And then oh. up again, yeah, it gets serious. But um, next door, I think you use next door as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that was that actually came from um, I think someone on your group actually. I saw that they somebody else had asked about how to market the business to get more customers, and someone else had commented, "Oh, I use the next door app." So I was like, oh, "I've never even heard of this. What is this?" So I got on it, and I probably I probably posted like twice in a week which I don't think is excessive. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily see the rules. Um, and if I'm honest, I still don't really understand the next door app at all or its purpose. But um, anyway, I posted, I got a couple of customers from it. Um, then I posted a second time and I got a Karen. <laughs> so <laughs> I got karen um, by a guy, I think his name was Steve. Um, Steve. Basically, who, who commented, I got Steve he commented on there saying is anybody else sick of this business constantly advertising at which point I was like oh that's a bit mean Steve I've only done it twice (laughs) so I um I very politely in my very sort of Victoria's secret minded response um appreciated Steve's feedback thank you very much my apologies Steve if you feel like this is too much um we take your feedback on board um but then I, I slyly put in there, however, would love to thank all of those that have been in contact with me and booked their dogs in for a groom. Thank you so much for your support of small businesses. Thought I'd just whack that one in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then I got banned for three days. <laughs> <laughs> you went to next door jail. <laughs> I did. I did. But the annoying thing was, was um, when I went to log back on, it kept defaulting me back to the, like, the the business terms and conditions which then had a read more button that didn't work which then had a tick button to say that you'd read it at the bottom which also didn't work so I was locked out of my account for what felt like ages so I just opened a new one <laughs> okay yeah. and I'm now or 
I'm now in conversation with them mm-hmm. um, because they're, I think, are they originally an American company? I don't know. I, don't know I think they're originally American based and their requirements for their sort of signing up for a business page is absolutely ludicrous. Um, and there's nothing there's nothing on there that would apply to a sole trader. So the paperwork that they want to um, to clarify who you are, a sole trader wouldn't have other than a basic like bank account. And that could depend on how you've set up your bank account. Yeah. I could do have a bank account in my business name, which I can use. Um, so I can do that. But there was a couple of other things that they wanted. And it's just like, we don't have that as a sole trader. And I saw a thing come up actually on Facebook about the Nextdoor app and I commented on it saying, well, I would open a business site if only I could adhere to what you were wanting, but it's not appropriate. And then loads of people tagged on underneath me saying, same here, Vicky, I've had the same problem. I've had the same problem. I've had the same problem. So, so yeah, Nextdoor app, I think would be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just some admin issues of setting it up as a business. I'm sure, so, I'm sure they'll, they'll welcome your feedback and they'll. <laughs> so what's um, so where do you get your main main customers from now? Do you record where people find you and where they hear about you? Um, I don't necessarily. Um, no, I think a lot of it has just come from that Facebook Lordswood and Walderslade community group. Mm-hmm. I think then I've got a couple of people who are like friends of friends of mine on the Facebook who have shared things. Um, now that I'm up and running, um, my bubbly poor page is obviously getting a lot more attention now. Um, it's getting followers. I did notice like the people that started following weren't necessarily the people that had actually booked already they were people that were maybe following I had one customer and she said to me I've been following your Facebook page for a while and you know they kind of like want to suss it out before they commit um and then after you post a few posts and a few pictures and whatever they're then like oh actually do you know what I'll I think I will um So, yeah, I've got some from like, oh, my daughter saw your ad on this and, oh, my daughter's seen your website. And, you know, just, yeah, so a real multitude of different platforms people have seen me on, to be fair. Probably the leafleting is the the least um, that I've got, but I haven't posted that many, so I can't really grumble. I think it's a really good point that you make about the um, Facebook page and people just hanging out in your page seeing what you're about, seeing what you do, looking at your photos. And I'm a big advocate for when you get like Google review or like Facebook review to screenshot it and repost it into your Facebook page. <clears throat> People are watching, yeah. hanging out. This is your, your shop window, just like your website is. It's your shop window. It's your first impression. You know, you're building that know, like, and trust with people. And then that person has kind of proved it, isn't it? You've built that know, like, and trust up with them. And now they're ready to buy your services from you. Yeah, and it's funny because you kind of you build that relationship without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think she knew more about me, um, you know, than I ever knew about her. Um, and and yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a nice thing. And when I posted on the Nextdoor app the other day, two of my customers um, that I've already done their dogs for then linked on to it and was like, um, yeah, we've used Vicky. She's really great. So, you know, that's nice that you then come with a bit of an endorsement from people that have now been to you. Um, 
yeah, so word spreads quite quickly. And like I said, you you get those people that follow you, you see them follow you, and you're like, oh, and then and then about a week later, you'll you'll get a text from someone going, Oh, can I put my dog in? And you're like, oh, that name's familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, we actually um, I created a next door account for uh, Emma's business, and there were actually reviews left on there so we got i suppose we claimed the account a bit like you do with google my business and there are actually um good reviews on there already um which we never even knew about so we sort of got presence on there although we don't use it to advertise yeah so you've been open four weeks let's let's listen to your uh, <laughs> your lessons that you've learned let's, let's get down to the good stuff <laughs> let's, have the, let's have the the good and the bad you know i don't want it to all be negative i'm sure it's been no. really good stuff as well so let's have it have it all it's warts and all there has there has well so um the great thing was was my first week was fully booked um before I even opened and I'd gone a bit gung-ho and I thought yes I can do four dogs a day how easy should that be (laughs) yeah um I did however call in some support for the first of my the first three days that I opened so on day one I had a friend come over and help me and on the second day I employed my mother for two days um yeah and I overcooked it let's just say the first three days I did not stop from like eight o'clock in the morning through to like seven o'clock at night um when we were still cleaning up um so it became quite apparent quite quickly that there was absolutely no way on this planet I was going to get four dogs done on my own um in the time scales that I'd given myself so I'd massively overestimated myself and had to give myself a good talking to and go Vicky that's unachievable um and I needed to slow down so I very quickly adapted week two I think the first three days were fully booked with four again Mm -hmm. but by the back end of the week I think come like Thursday and Friday I was like right okay let's block out block out a little bit of this just as I can gain some control um yeah, because I initially just massively overcooked it. So what, um, were you, what were you finding in the first week? What What were the issues you were finding that were causing you to um, overbook or, you know, pro- the grooms were going a lot longer, were the dogs not what you expected? Um, what were you finding with the issues? Um, a combination of both, I think, to be honest with you. I think... Um, so there's there's probably um, several different things in there. One is that I'm just not the fastest groomer in the world yet. Um, that's definitely apparent. And as much as I want to be, I just can't hone my skills that to be that quick at the moment, especially um, drying. My gosh, drying a dog. Why does it just take so long? Because <laughs> um, there's hardly any fur on them. So why do they take so long to dry? Um so yeah drying I think um was the first thing because I think where I've been learning there'll generally be two of you drying the dog and I think for some reason I've completely forgotten that um so I kind of get halfway through and think oh I've got the other half to do there's normally someone else that does that bit for me um so yeah so underestimated that I think the other thing I underestimated was the fact that where I was learning all the dogs are very regular um you know you don't get dogs in bad condition you don't 
get dogs that just want to launch themselves off the table every 30 seconds. You know, they're all very well trained in, in being groomed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've all been going once a month for, for years. Um, yeah, that's not the case in my first three weeks. Um, so yeah, so that was tricky. Um, yeah, I think that was just it. Generally my speed and not having dogs that are particularly well-trained at being groomed and don't have table etiquette, as I now like to refer to it. Have any manners. And maybe you were picking up the um, dogs which were uh, overdue and couldn't book in with other groomers. Um, so maybe you were picking up some of these as well, perhaps. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, well, yes, there's a lot of puppies out there where, owners tend to think oh you know we can wait until it's nine or ten months old before we get it groomed um I've had quite a few of those um which is just really challenging when you've got a dog that has just never seen a bath um you know they love to go and lie in a puddle you know they'll they'll go swimming but you put them in a bathtub and it's like what the heck is this um I've had um I've had a I had a cockapoo I don't know if I told you about this. I had a cockapoo lady who did the typical thing of walked through my gate and went, oh, I really like her really long. and I want the teddy bear cut. I'm sure we've all heard this before, right? <laughs> um, yeah. How about two visits in two days and six hours in total to basically clip it off because it was like a Rastafarian. Um, it was matted to the skin. And I've never, ever done a dog like that because when you're learning all my dogs were regulars and just weren't that bad um so that was who did you turn for support were you able to turn to anyone for support or yeah I did so I I actually I reached out to my teacher Mm -hmm. and I sent her some photos and I was like look my gut instinct especially with the paws was just telling me to go with a number 10 blade and just take it off because there was just I just it was like it was like solid polystyrene, you know, when it squeaks. It was just, it was just awful. I felt so. This dog was only ten months old. Um, yeah, so I, I messaged her. Anyway, I knew that the owner would be really gutted if I did that, and I didn't really want to have to do that to the dog either. Um, so I persevered, and on 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 night one, because she bought it to me at five o'clock in the evening as well, which is never a great time um so I persevered until eight o'clock and I would not have had that dog on the table any longer three hours was my absolute maximum for the dog more so and for me I was exhausted um and I managed to get all of its sort of torso and and body done um and I basically I'd, I'd kept her informed the entire way from the minute I finished bathing that dog and I knew how bad it was because she'd said to me oh you know it's got a few mats in its chest um whether she knew or not I don't know we'll give her the benefit of the doubt um but I very quickly rang her and I was like your dog's a lot worse than what you've said um I'm gonna be a long time this is gonna cost you um and I made it very very clear that I was happy to do it but I wasn't going to do it in one session and she was going to have to bring it back. Um, so basically after night one, I sent it home with its all its body clipped quite short with these massive legs and a lion head. <laughs> so really she actually had no choice to bring it back to me. <laughs> 
because I sent her home with a rather silly looking dog. But um, the next day she brought it back to me, bless her. Um, she did bring it back um, and she paid me accordingly, which was really good. And um, I still didn't send this dog home looking in the greatest of states um, because I just couldn't do anything nice to it. There was no part of it that you could get looking nice, to be fair. Um, but I said to her, you know, you need to bring her back four weeks time, but you also need to go and buy a brush. Yeah. Um, and you need to start brushing your dog because she, you could just clearly see that she hadn't put a brush to that dog at all. At all. Fingers crossed she'll be back in four weeks. Um, yeah, she's already booked. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has already booked. Good. And that first week I remember discussing with you, um, you're like, wow, I can't believe how busy I've been. And just the very basic stuff really slowed you down. So like um, talking to people, talking to the customers and onboarding process for your customers, yeah. that was like a learning curve, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd created a beautiful client agreement form, covered pretty much everything in there. So I don't have any sort of like individual disclaimers. Everything is is in there. Um, and again, it just didn't even occur to me, even the, the walk from my back gate down to the salon, it, it's it's 70 metres. It, it, takes, it takes time for me to get up to the gate, to get them in, to get them down. And then you know have that conversation give a little bit of fuss to the dog do that customer experience thing which is in my nature because it's what I've always been taught to do and then you're like right great can you just have a read of this three-page document please (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) 10 minutes later you're like right okay we're already 20 minutes into this group fabulous (laughs) um yeah uh, big mistake um yeah in hindsight would have done that very very differently um obviously we've already had a conversation around the use of google forms um and if i was having if i did go back to doing more than three dogs per day um that would have to be emailed out in advance for a signature maybe just on the day um which i have done with a couple of customers to be fair um but where i'm down to three a day at the moment i could I can afford to do that but when it comes to doing four dogs a day or more that client agreement and all the paperwork and that kind of little mini interview that you do you know do your dog allow treats any disabilities is it fully vaccinated you know what type of groom do you want you know a lot of that could be done pre that moment um and once I've once I've done a dog once and it comes back to me, obviously I won't have to go through all of that. So, you know, this is just for first time customers and I've already had repeat customers. So I already know that that process speeds up rapidly when I can just do a changeover at the gate yeah. and then I run down the garden and get them in the bath as quickly as possible. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, things like taking payments, you're taking cards and uh, yeah. Yeah, all sorted with that. Yeah. So, um, I've got um, a Starling Bank account um, from feedback on your site. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a sum up card reader um, from feedback from your site. <laughs> um, so that's all set up, works brilliantly. Um, still get a lot of cash. People are more than happy to pay with cash. Um, but yeah, the card, the card reader has been a bit of a godsend. Um, just because it makes life easier, really. I'd be happy if everybody did it. Obviously, you do have to pay a little fee, but it's not horrific. Um, But the other thing which I did want to mention, um, 
two things from your group really that I would give anybody my top tips pricing um as I learned from your website I do not have a price list I don't have one it doesn't exist I have rough prices in my head for breeds and then only once I've had a discussion and potentially been sent a photo of the dog will I give a customer a price and it will be a from price as well based on um, obviously condition of the dog and the behavior of the dog as well. Um, I have priced my worth, I think. Okay, you brave with your prices? Sorry? You've been brave with your prices by the sounds of it. Yeah, I have been, you know, and yeah, I've had a couple of people come back and say, oh no, that's too much or, or no, I was looking at getting it for this and I haven't given in. I haven't backed down and gone, oh, okay, all right, I'll do that. Um, because I just, I, I don't want to compromise um, at this stage. And I think, you know, I, I offer very, something very different to what a high street um, groomer would offer. Um, and I've had a couple of customers comment on that. And, and that's their reason that they've come to me is because they don't want their, they don't want their dog put in a crate. They don't want, you know, I, I just offer that bit more one-to-one. It's not so much rushed. And there's a few people that come to me for that reason. Yeah. You all right? Yeah, sorry. The Tesco's man's just come and I just want to make sure. <laughs> Your dog's about to go mental. No, it's all right. I'm just making sure that my partner's actually getting the door. <laughs> Doing important things here. I think he's there. <laughs> otherwise he won't eat tomorrow <laughs> so you're, you're pricing you're being very brave with and you're sticking to your guns which is nice yeah and have you actually have you had a dog in and you thought actually I, I really need to charge more for this dog than than what i've thought yeah definitely on day one um mm-hmm. i did a it was a german shepherd cross malamute i mean talk about bring a small pony into your business on day one <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i'm I massively underestimated the job and I massively underestimated the price. Um, so kind of two things, really. I kind of don't want it to come back. And if they do, they're going to pay almost twice as much. <laughs> there be a lot on you, a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. more money. And that's yeah. going to be quite a difficult conversation to have. And uh, maybe the honesty is the best policy and say that last time your dog was here, I seriously undercharged and it was a lot more work than I expected. So this time it's going to be x y and z yeah and and also because i underestimated the workload i didn't get the dog finished right so um as a result i then i then even actually reduced the price that i'd originally given them and afterwards i was like why did i do that why (laughs) but i think it was day one i felt bad i was a little bit like i'd lost a bit of confidence and i was just yeah and since then i haven't i've had a couple of dogs that i've not been able to finish Mm -hmm. But it's not been of my doing, it's because of the dog's behaviour. So therefore, I deem that as, well, I've still given two hours of my time, regardless of how much work I've actually got done. So I've still charged full. But I've been honest with every single customer. I think the biggest thing that I've found is everybody has been like, oh, no, you know, little Flossie. Yeah, she's always been good at the groomers. We've never had any bad reports. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um 
you know, whether that's true or not, whether the groomers told them the truth, whether they don't want to tell me the truth or not, I'm honest with everybody. I'm like, okay, so this is what happened. (laughs) This is the situation. This is how much we've managed to get done. I had a four-month-old Malamute puppy come and I don't think it had ever seen water in its life and it nearly took my brand-new bath off the wall. Um, It nearly did itself some damage. It nearly did me some damage. Um, The hose went everywhere whilst I was trying to get the dog to just stop, like, launching itself at the walls. Um, Yeah, and basically I barely got it wet. And then I called the owner and I was like, okay, so your dog hates the bath. Um, (laughs) We've got two options. I either quit now and you come and collect your dog or you can come back and maybe you just stay with me to see if the dog's a bit calmer. Mm-hmm. Um, she witnessed it for herself. I didn't even touch the dog's paw with the water and it went absolutely crazy. And she was like, this isn't going to work, is it? And I was like, no. So we conditioned the dog to being on the table and getting a little bit of a blow dry. And then I don't, I've, I've sort of suggested that I'm happy to kind of take him back in maybe little half hour doses to get him used to it. Um, but whether she will or not, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe a little bit of bathing at home, perhaps. Just I, did, I did suggest that to her, yeah. yeah. But he's he was a big boy for four months old. He was massive. Oh, excellent. You've certainly had a trying four weeks, haven't you? And there has been tears, unfortunately. I don't know if yeah. you want to share that experience with, with the listeners. Yeah, well, some of them might already know because um, I think I posted on your group that yeah. afternoon. So um, I was doing two miniature Yorkshire Terriers, thought, yeah, nice and easy little job. I can do this. And um, I was doing the first one and I was doing its ears with a 10 and I nicked the top of the ear and I didn't spot it straight away. And the dog obviously didn't react. And then I saw it and I was like, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your group, Bill, but I did a lot of swearing. Um, I kind of have this shit, 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 shit moment. Um, and basically, um, I then stopped panicking. <laughs> I was like, okay, Vicky, do what you need to do. You know what you need to do. So I've got my clotted powder out and I've got some cotton wool and I kept some pressure on it for a while. And then I took it off and I put the clotted powder on and, um, well, it just wouldn't stop bleeding. It would not stop bleeding. And I was like, oh my good Lord, what is going on? Um, I practically tipped the whole bottle of clotted powder on this dog's head. (laughs) (laughs) There was more clotted than there was fur by the time we'd finished. But um, I then spoke to somebody who's on a, um, I tried calling a few people to be fair. And then I finally spoke to somebody on one of my grooming WhatsApp groups. um, And she sort of just reinforced what I'd already done. I bandaged this little dog's head up. And then I thought, right, okay, just calm down. I'm going to pop it in a pen. It can just sit there for a little while with it's all bandaged up and I'll do its little brother. So then little brother gets on the table. Well, whether he sensed my anxiety, my panic, my nerves, whether he was always going to be troublesome or not, I don't know. But every time I closed the scissors, this dog flinched like you've never seen before. And I, I persevered and I thought at any minute now, I'm going to end up cutting this dog as well. And I just thought this is going to end up a disaster. I know my limits. I need to just stop. Um, so unfortunately, I did have to make the awful phone call to the owner to say, 
well, so you're two dogs. (laughs) 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 This and you can see where this conversation is going. So you're right about Teddy. He doesn't sit still, um, and I can't finish him. I'm going to end up doing him an injury. And then, sorry, but your other one I have injured. I've nicked its ear with the blade. Well, the phone just went silent and I wanted the ground to just open up and swallow me. I felt absolutely horrific. But I was like, but he's absolutely fine. He doesn't even know it's happened. I've bandaged it all up. I've done all the first aid. He's absolutely fine. It looks worse than it is. I gave all the right spiel. I stayed very, very positive. even though inside I was absolutely dying. Um, And then, yeah, she came to collect the dog. She was mortified. I was mortified. She had a little girl there with her as well. A little girl was mortified. I was just like, oh, my goodness me, could this, like, just get any worse? And, um, yeah, I, I didn't charge her for half of the groom because I felt really bad, although some of the people on your group said that I should have done, but I just couldn't. There was no way I could have done that. Um, and off she went. And as she left, she wished me luck for the future. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not entirely convinced she'll be rebooking. <laughs> have you had any follow-up with, her, with the, her and the dog? Yeah, so um, I did ask her to message me later on in the day which she very kindly did because she didn't have to. Um, She said that she kind of couldn't really see how bad it was at the moment because of all the congealed blood. And I said, I'd already explained to her, you know, don't take that off, leave it there. It needs to stay there. So she took my advice and then I texted her two days later and she said, yeah, he's absolutely fine. Just waiting for the scab to sort of fall off. Um, So, yeah, so I'm glad I did the follow-up. I'm glad that I... I'm glad that I reacted the way I did in the moment, mm-hmm. the way I felt for the rest of the afternoon. I never want to experience that again in my life no. because I was ready to close the door to the bubbly pour and say, no, this is not for me. <laughs> did, you, um, did you just have the afternoon off or did you have more booked in there? No, do you know, I think she was a Saturday morning. So I don't need, um, yeah. yeah, so she was, yeah, so she was the last one. So I didn't have anybody else. And then obviously I had the Sunday to sort of recover. And then, yeah, I was, I was kind of, and, and it was quite reassuring because my WhatsApp group were all like, oh, you know, we've all done it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then somebody on your group was like, oh my God, I only did it this morning. I've been grooming for X amount of years. And I was like, but even, even when you know Mm -hmm. that it can happen and it's not like massively uncommon and etc cetera, etc cetera. it still didn't do you know what it was in my head I thought she's gonna go and tell everybody it's she's gonna go and tell everybody and I'm yeah. gonna to have to change the name of the salon to Sweeney Dogs of Dargets Road <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like uh, I suppose some people might weaponize it and put it onto Google reviews and Facebook reviews and stuff like that but that customer service that you did, the follow-ups, you know, making sure everything was all right. Is there anything else you could do to help? You know, this all sort of stuff that helps sort of take the sting out of the out of the tail in a way, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think like as well, the other, with that four-month-old Malamute, she texts me the next day to say, oh, he's really not himself. He's not jumping all over the furniture, et cetera. 
did he injure himself? Well, she was there 99% of the time. So she knows that he didn't. And I just sort of said to her, you know, he had a really big day yesterday. That's really stressful for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He's probably just exhausted. Like, give it a few days. I'm sure he's fine. But I was like, if you're concerned in a few days, like, please go and seek advice from your vet or something. (laughs) Yeah. You get blamed for everything. You know, you you have a dog come in and uh, you do a dog's haircut and all of a sudden uh, you get blamed for the dog's whole behaviours change. Well, actually, it's probably quite happy that it's had It's like a spring lamb, isn't it? They go out the field and, like, uh, jump around, but that's always the groomer that gets the blame for the change in behaviour. Yeah. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? But it's... I warn people now, I warn owners, especially with really like when dogs come in and they're super, super lively Mm. um, and they're young and they've not had much grooming experience. I always say to them afterwards, when you get home, your dog is going to crash because it's knackered. It's just spent two hours fighting me. It's going to be exhausted. So don't be concerned if your dog now sleeps for a solid eight hours because it's more than likely going to. <laughs> Make the most of it. It's, things like this has happened to us. You know, um, normally when me and Emma are on the train to go, to go to France, the phone will ring and one of the members of staff, I think one of them was like, we've just cut the dog's tongue. And it's just like, oh, we're just on our way on holiday. But, you know, it's the way you follow it up. It's the way you deal with it. It's the way you help <clears> the <throat> you're not always going to get it right, but you've got to try your best, haven't you? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've had um, happy times as well. Already. Oh, I, I really have. I've had some absolute delights. I do um, a friend's cockapoo who is just really, really lovely. He's been to me twice now already, actually once just before I opened, and then um, I had him back today. <clears throat> um, I've sold three puppy packages. So I've got three puppies that come to me. At the moment, one actually um, passed its puppy course today. Um, She did it in a very condensed amount of time because she wanted to get it done before the kids went back to school. Um, But yeah, so it passed its Coco, passed her little four session grooming course today um, with flying colours. She's a lovely little puppy. Um, I've got another one um called elmo (laughs) the lady's obsessed with like disney and cartoons and things like that so little elmo is a toy poodle that um when he first came to me he looked like any sort of poodle cross and um last week was the first time we started to give him some real poodle features and she was over the moon she bought me a plant and and yeah she's she's a really happy dog mum um yeah so i've i've got some really lovely i've had some really lovely feedback back from customers um so yeah you know i've had some yeah i've had i've had my challenges and i've had i've had some lovely dogs but are very frustrating um but yeah and i've i've also had some good ones and i'm excited about doing dogs for the second time having done them once already because i know their behaviors they know me they know the salon um you can already see when they come back there's a complete difference in behavior on the second visit than what there was on the first that's good and and those puppy the the puppy owners that you're you're helping at the moment they're going to be those clients aren't they that they're going to be with you unless they obviously move the area but hopefully they'll be with you for the the whole of the puppies and dog's life hopefully yeah so the the one that um finished the puppy course this morning she's already booked for the next four months yeah 
and they are going to be out there and they are going to be your biggest fans, you know, and they're going to be walking their dog around the around the roads and the streets with pride, really happy with the haircut. And whenever people stop them and say, that's a, that's a lovely looking dog, where'd you go? You, it's going to be, your name's going to be put, put out there every time, isn't it? And that's what you want. Yeah. And you know what I found as well with the puppy packages is it was a really nice learning platform for me because... Um, like session one you don't do everything so you can kind of almost use them as a bit of a practice dog so it's almost like you know session one and then session two and on like session session one like two out of the three had a little bit of a haircut but I deliberately didn't do a full haircut because otherwise what do you do on the next session Mm -hmm. so it was really nice for me as well to have a little bit of a practice um which which was great, and I've I've learned I learned an awful lot through that, and I've learned I've learned so much through the other thing about like my course is that you know when you've got a dog coming in you know you've got I know Fred coming in for his groom or well, Fred's got a card Fred's got a profile for the last three years you know that Fred gets a number ten blade with a peach comb attachment round feet round head bloody bloody blah you've got it all written down. All, all my customers are brand new. I don't have any of that history on them. I don't know mm-hmm. how short the owner likes. The owner can't very often they tell you how know. short. <laughs> they never know. They they don't know that they want a number 10 blade with a blue comb attachment. They haven't got a clue. Um, so it's been, it, it's been quite interesting and a bit of a learning curve for me to be like, okay, so actually... You know, I start high and I gradually get shorter and shorter and shorter until I'm happy with the length. And yesterday I did a, got a Shih Tzu Bichon cross puppy. <clears throat> and this thing was just like this, like fluff ball. It was like a, puff, it was like a fluffy puffer fish. I mean, this thing was like just all hair, but it was very straight. And I was dreading putting the clippers on it. I was like, oh my God, this is just going to waffle like really badly. And how is she going to, like, what if she wants to keep it quite long? Fortunately, she wanted to go quite short, but I actually got the clippers out with her in the salon mm-hmm. and I and I did it with her. And I was like, right, okay, this is this comb attachment. How do you like this? She went, no, I want it shorter. Got the next comb attachment. This any good? No, shorter still. So I did it with her until I knew what she wanted because I wasn't prepared to take that risk. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, like you said, everything at the moment is learning and you're going to be um, putting your bubbly paw stamp on your, your new dogs now. And you're, you're ha- everyone ha- I'm sure everyone has their own style uh, yeah. of haircuts, you know, and you'll get your own your own style and that's what people will love. So Yeah. And then I have one more top tip that I keep forgetting to mention. Go on. Deposits. <laughs> Excellent. So I have not taken a single booking so far without a deposit being paid. Um, My deposits are generally 50% of the groom or I round it up or down to the, to the even number. Um, And I have not had a single no show. Excellent. And what do people say? So if people are out there listening and they're thinking, oh, I'm too, too worried about what people might say when asking for a deposit, what, what do you find the feedbacks like? Um, to be honest with you, nine out of 10 people haven't even questioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a couple of people question it more in the older generation, mm-hmm. um, mostly because they've never had to do it before or they're not au fait with like online banking in order to pay the deposit. 
Um, but yeah, the majority of people have been absolutely fine. And I started off explaining why I was asking for a deposit. I started off like, oh, because this, because that. And then I was like, well, (laughs) yeah, I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to do that. And then I was like, oh, like this is too long winded. I haven't got time to be texting these people, all of this stuff. So now Mm. I just put, um, when they inquire for the appointment and the price, I just say, right, okay, the price will be £45. I've got appointments on this day, this day, and this day. Upon booking, I require a £20 deposit. Um, This can be paid via a bank transfer and has to be done um I generally sort of say three days but it's on booking really as soon as they say right okay I want that time and that date then I want that deposit paid by the end of that day um so long as it's paid sort of within three days beforehand I'm happy so I had a lady this week for example who had messaged me it was quite late notice she booked the appointment I was then like okay I need your details because I think it was through messenger and you don't you can't see their number on messenger mm-hmm. so I was like okay I need your phone number your dog's name and I need you to pay the deposit and I'll send you the link for the payment didn't get back to me didn't get back to me so I sent her a message the day before saying you know if you don't pay by the end of, if you haven't paid your deposit by the end of the day I'll have to postpone your appointment as I have a waiting list um she I then I also tried to call her via messenger she then messaged me back covid uh, doesn't know would be able to get back to me soon so I literally said if it's not paid by six o'clock this evening I'll have to postpone your appointment she didn't pay it I booked her appointment with somebody else today um and made my money and just sent her a text saying I hope you're all well please let me know if you wish to rebook yeah, and you, you've potentially wheedled out uh, a no-show there, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, it's definitely something, you know, I've always been open and honest, and I say on my Wednesday welcomes, uh, we can all learn from each other. And deposits is something that um, and me and Emma in our own business are sort of taking forward now. And uh, new customers, if we've not met them before, they're on the phone, they, they, they pay a deposit. It's good yeah. for your cash flow and it's good for your no-shows as well. Yeah. Um, but like you said, 50%, don't take 10, 15 pounds because people are quite willing to, to uh, lose that money, aren't they? Well, day one of opening, um, the lady had two book, two dogs booked in and she was half an hour late. And in hindsight, I should have just said to her, I can only do one of your dogs and you're going to lose the deposit on the second one. Um, but I didn't and I went with it but I genuinely think because she had two dogs booked in she'd paid a £50 deposit if she hadn't paid that deposit there was no way she would have turned up because her excuse was was that she just got up late (laughs) so I I genuinely believe that if she hadn't already forked out £50 there was no way she would have turned up no no, and we do lose a lot of money through um, no-shows. So it's a great way to to start wheedling out the people that don't want to pay a deposit and maybe they're not the ones that we want to be working with. And Elaine yeah. Joy's, uh, Elaine's just put on here, not thought about that before, so it's a great tip. So good work. It, it really, really is. I have to say I've, I've had no real rejection to it. Um, 
it's great to see that money coming in. I still balance my books at the end of the week without the future deposits. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't they don't account if they've been paid, but they're not coming till next week. They don't account in this week's finances. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. And also what I also offer is if um, I haven't quite got there yet with many people, one person's done it so far, is rolling the deposit over to the next appointment. So they actually... So they pay like their £25 deposit. They then come and pay the balance. But rather than pay the balance, they pay for the full groom. They rebook and roll the deposit over to the next appointment. I've had one customer actually asked me if she could do it because she saw it on my website because I forgot to completely even mention it. (laughs) She was like, oh, I saw on your website that you roll your deposit over. And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, you're quite right. I do. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, be careful what you say about your books because Vicky's watching at the moment. So uh, she's the one that's been picking them up, isn't she? Uh, yes. Yeah, I actually was having a chat with Vicky. So I received my P45 yesterday. Okay. All, <laughs> I've, never had one of them in, I've never had one of them in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Vicky's been advising me for a, for a, a long time. Um, anyway, we had a great chat back when, cool, when I first moved into this house. So that was probably what nearly four, four and a half months ago. We had a great chat about the business and some of the ideas that I had, et cetera, et cetera. And then I did her one day course, um, went on that that was really really useful and then since then it's kind of just been the odd text message so she helped me with my um sole trader registration and self-assessment um set up with the hmrc so i sent her some pictures today of those letters because they've come through um yeah and now apparently she doesn't need anything from me until next april so that's great <laughs> i think she'd 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 just say um just keep your receipts <laughs> keep your receipts all yeah <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to just um i've got to show you guys this right because this is like this is this is my household so obviously my partner is self-employed as well right so if I, um, this is this is our filing. Wow. Oh. Hang on. <laughs> that's 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 my filing system where's um, his is his above yours is it <laughs> no that that's everything <laughs> oh um, no yeah because obviously where we've moved into the house and we've just done all of the work um every day the receipts just get chucked in a cupboard right so it's your mission isn't it get another box file and uh, a couple of envelopes yeah. well we bought we had a shredder arrive today <laughs> no don't shred them uh vicky's saying we're having words <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you, I tell you, hang on, Vicky, hang on. I thought she couldn't make it. She texted me to say that she wasn't coming. Um, no, no, to be fair, Vicky, I've got your book and um, this is fantastic. Look, I've got, there's a receipt in there already. Excellent. I've got, I've got them all filed under the right month. Um, that's just like household and salon big expenses. That's like our... 50 million trips to B&Q <laughs> because we should genuinely have shares in B&Q. Um, yeah. Good yeah. Being, we, yeah, we've definitely spent a lot of money in B&Q. But you're now free of your job and you're in charge of your own destiny. So that's probably one of the nicest things about it, isn't it? <laughs> 
Well, I'm very excited that um, I don't have to work bank holiday Monday. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think the um, I don't think the novelty of being home every evening has actually kicked in yet because where we've obviously just not that long ago, four months ago, bought a new house. We've got so much to do. We've been decorating. We've, I bought a house that needed nothing doing to it. So we've decorated it from top to bottom. We ripped out the kitchen and put a new one in <laughs> <laughs> because it didn't need it doing, but we did it anyway. Um, then we've built a dog grooming salon. Um, my partner's like built all the internal bits of his workshop. Um, and we just don't sit down until like 10 o'clock at night sometimes. So not appreciating my evening because we don't get to sit down until late but um yeah actually right. had to make up on for this tonight <clears throat> it's nice to look at your bank account and just say actually i generated that money yeah and and it's really nice when those little pings come through to say that someone else has paid their deposit or like just looking like yesterday i had a banging day yesterday i did i did five dogs yesterday wow. but they weren't full they weren't all full grooms and um some of them were full grooms but easy i did two pugs i mean how long <laughs> okay. does it take to do it? two pugs um but yes yeah, so i did you know i think yesterday was my best money day and it was from actually not doing full grooms it was from just doing small quick easy little jobs but charging good money for them excellent onwards and upwards and um teeth cleaning you looking at that yeah <laughs> Yeah. So have you got it out of the box yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, so teeth cleaning. So I've been t- desperately my partner moans at me every single day. That's why I grimace when you say it. That's why I um, it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Phil. Um yeah, teeth cleaning is definitely something that I want to do. I think for me at the moment, I'd just like to be able to finish a groom. <laughs> So once I can finish a groom confidently and I'm happy with the outcome, um, then I will absolutely definitely start adding on teeth cleaning, especially to like my puppies, um, because I think that's a perfect add-on for, for, for the younger dogs to start them early. Um, I'm desperately, desperately not succeeding very well in doing my own dog's teeth once a day like I'm meant to be. Right. Um, I did it today. All she wants to do is eat the toothbrush. So, so it's, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit curious if I can't even, um, get a dog to hold its face still whilst I take off its eyebrows, um, how on earth am I meant to clean its teeth? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, You'll I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Definitely worth doing. Start slowly, practice on your friend's dogs and then start introducing. Yeah. And you'll see your, your daily takings again. <clears throat> increase and maybe double again but just clean yeah i just don't know where i'm going to fit that extra time in at the moment i need to speed up first yeah before you can run but definitely get there yeah oh i've tripped up a few times already because of that so (laughs) (laughs) right it's been great talking to you has all the shopping been away yet let's hope so let's hope i've kept you on the uh on the zoom call long enough for all the shopping to be put away yeah 
might have even done hoovering. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely talking to you and we've and had lots of people watching um, all throughout the call. So hopefully, and already they're picking up on your top tips around deposits. So, you know, the, the whole motto of this group uh, and the ethos is as long as we help one person, that's, that's all I'm happy about. So, you know, we've definitely impacted on one person there about taking deposits and that's awesome. So it's yeah, been fabulous listening to your journey and um thank you for sharing all the the highs and lows and talking about your journey so it's been it's no. been a nice chat and and thank you to you because you know i know that it turns out that we may have known each other a long long time ago but a long long time ago um but um but i didn't know it was you when when i joined this group and this group has probably been the biggest education in terms of support um and setting me up with some of the things like the deposits and charging my worth and not having a price list because the first thing I looked at was okay what am I going to charge and you you and your group actually made me brave enough to say actually I'm not going to have a price list um so you know thanks to to you and all your participants on your group. I know there's a couple of ladies that uh, have given me some moral support when I did the <laughs> miniature Yorkshire Terrier. So, uh, so yeah, no, really, really appreciate all of you guys. Awesome. That's what it's all there for, isn't it? Yeah. So, time to uh, say goodbye and thanks a lot. Yes. No, thank make you. Sure, thank you for your time. Make sure you read through all the uh, comments on the video as well. I will. I will. You might have to show me where to find it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you in it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not very good with computers, it's shocking. Okay, I'll take you in them so you can see them. Fabulous. Take care. All right, thanks guys. See you later. Bye-bye.